0: Bonjour everyone and welcome back to Cassereline the French Football Podcast with the accents uh, courtesy of Breaking the Lines of course go and jump on the website breakingthelines.com to read the latest articles one about one of my favourite coached, Australian-born, sorry, Greek-born and Australian uh, player and manager, um, Anos Postecoglou, a great article about how he held 45 minutes Real Madrid. uh, And he's a great coach at Celtic. And I'm happy that there's an article uh, on him. And it's a great one to read. Uh, Another article about the rise and fall of Parma, a, a breakdown of the transfer window in Germany. And a little article about a former Liga player, Simon Banza, formerly of Lens, who's now in Braga in Portugal uh, and who's doing uh, really good at the, in the Liga Bwin in Portugal. So don't hesitate to go on the BreakingTheLines.com website and read all those articles of course go and listen to the Breaking the Lines podcast as well uh, Portuguese football Italian and football um, some some tactics as usual just go and jump in and, and listen to all uh, my, my friends and football experts um, let them talk to you about football and and learn a thing or two. In the meantime, today, only one part for the French football podcast. And we're going to discuss the the three games that I had time to to actually watch in depth. It was a a busy weekend outside of uh, French football for me. Uh, So it's going to be a bit of a shorter podcast than usual, but a lot has happened, of course, on European football um, and the the 10 games played on the weekend and a a little bit of controversy as well that we are going to very quickly touched on uh, the French football podcast Castellini start now, but first, music! So it is a Tuesday, 12 o'clock here, 12 p.m. Midday in Australia when I record this podcast. And of course, we are going to look at um, Match Day 7 in Ligue 1. Um, I, I apologize, this uh, this podcast might be a bit less developed than usual. Um, I had, I guess, less time than usual this weekend to actually watch my dear French football. But I still, you know, um, followed three games Uh, and watch them quite uh, intensely to make sure that I can report on them as much as possible. Plus, uh, we will touch on one issue um, during the the Paris Saint-Germain game that, although I didn't watch it, I uh, I reviewed um, the highlights and and that specific moment that happened with with Kim Pembe and the referee, which is worth, I think, um, touching on. Um, It was another entertaining week in Ligue 1, Uh, you know, a, a fair less goals than, than usual Fair few, fewer goals than usual I think we were used to get 30 plus goals for the first uh, 6 rounds almost uh, only 23 goals scored this weekend on, in 10 games and only 2 red cards given finally um, the, the referees are starting to ease up on, <clears throat> on all the red cards given um, of course, there was some games during uh, the midweek. Uh, there was a game in Ligue 1 with uh, Lorient beating Lyon 3-1. We're going to come back on Lorient. Actually, next week, I'll probably do a, a special on Lorient uh, because since the new coach, Regis Lebris, uh, joined Lorient, is going from strength to strength, and they are up there on the table right now. Um, so one of the games was Lorient-Lyon, of course, midweek. Uh, and then we also had... Um, a few European games. It's been a good week in European football for French clubs. Paris Saint-Germain, of course, beat Juventus in the Champions League. Uh, and they are going to play against uh, Maccabi Haifa this coming week. Uh, Marseille wasn't able to win against Tottenham. Marseille is the only team who actually lost this week. Uh, but uh, whoever we we watched the game, the first half, Marseille did well. And then that red card very early in the second half kind of condemned them to defend. And Tottenham took advantage of it and won 2-0. Uh, Marseille will be hosting Frankfurt this coming week. Uh, Rennes went to win in Larnaca. And then they'll play Fenerbahce this week. Monaco won Um, in uh, Belgrade against Red Star and uh, 1-0, sorry, and then they'll host uh, Varos, the Hungarian club, uh, this coming week. And Nantes beat Olympiakos and uh, a former Ligue 1 player there, Huang Guizhou, uh, 2-1, and they will travel east to play against Karabash this Thursday. The last one was in Europa, Europa Conference League, of course, Nice and Cologne. Um, drew one-one. Of course, some uh, some pretty um, some pretty shameful incident before the game with uh, I don't I don't think we're going to call them fans, but with hooligans uh, coming and uh, and doing some stuff that I shouldn't be doing in the stadium. I guess uh, anyway, the game ended up at one-one, and then Nice um, will be traveling uh, to Belgrade as well um, to play against uh, the Partizan Belgrade on Thursday night. All right, let's look at the weekend, uh, so I guess like I said, the, the three games that I was lucky enough to be able to watch, the first one um, of course, Marseille against Lille, uh, a 2-1 win for Olympique de Marseille, uh, and another, I guess another um example of maybe what Igor Tudor is bringing to this Marseille team. Uh, the goal scorer Lille scored first with Ismaili at the 12th minute. Alexis Sanchez equalized at the 26th minute. And Samuel Gigo scored at the 61st minute. Uh, a game that was, um, you know, kind of dominated by Marseille. 53% possession, but 14 shots, 7 on target. And Lille with only 7, shot, seven shots and 3 on target. A game that Tudor... Um, really influenced by after 28 minutes making a change uh, and removing Balerzi who obviously wasn't very happy to be replaced so early into the game uh, from the lineup and replacing him by Nuno Tavares Uh, so the The back five at Marseille had started with Gigo, Mbemba and Balerdi, uh, and Kolasinac on the left and close on the right. And then after half an hour, Kolasinac was sent back into the back three and Tavares took the left side just to consolidate a little bit that back three. And then at halftime, uh, Mbemba uh, was replaced by um, Bayi, So by halftime, two of the three sent the back at change already, seeing show again that... uh, Eric Tudor wants to be, um, I guess, the master of his own fate and to do changes where he feels like it's not um, working well. The the game itself, uh, I mean, yeah, Alexis Sanchez is, like I said before, um, a really, a really great addition to this Marseille team. Marseille, who happily uh, played the turnover. Under was on the starting lineup, so was Harit. Uh, Pat Gay was starting, so on the bench you had, uh, you know, Jordan Verre, um Luis Suarez, Dimitri Payet, Dimitri Payet who didn't even play a minute, uh, Jason who came out just in the came in just in the end, uh, so it kind of looked like Tudor is really trying to get a good 20 players involved, maybe maybe 17, 18 player involved uh, in both Liga and the Champions League to try and be, um you know successful and perform and, uh, in both competitions and it's working well so far five wins in a row for Marseille uh, out of. After seven games it's six wings and one draw it's their best um start um I think in their history actually to get 19 points out of 21 possible so it's it's a great start in uh in the blue and white life for Igor Tudor despite all that we thought and now if we talk about the their opponents on the weekend Lille, um it's actually um you know the, the two one loss is uh, is a shame but it's actually a very strong team a very competitive team and it starts to uh, develop into some some very good football. Um I've said it before, I think their one of their issues was the goalkeeper and this week Leo Jardim was on the bench and Lucas Chevalier, who is a young goalkeeper who was um in between the post for Valencia and in League 2 last year was starting uh, at the Velodrome. Yeah, and then in that defense against Jaquite, the former Bordeaux uh, defender, has found this place next to uh, Jose Font and Thiago Jallo They're playing uh, a 3-4-3 or, uh, or a 3-4-2-1, depending on how you see it. Uh, and Adam Unas was starting, Jonathan David, who maybe was a bit, I don't know if he was not in form or just... Um, was contained well by the uh, Marseille defense, but we just didn't see him, see him enough. I think to really be a um, an advantage for Lille. But then when he's replaced by Mohamed Bayou, uh, you realize that there is um you know there is a, a good bench there. Andre Gomez as well came in for Angel Gomez, uh, so it's a team that I think you know um maybe it'll be just like the sixth or the seventh place, but they're still going to be up there, I think, um, between now and the end of the season. And it's good to see because, you know, we're talking about a team that was champion a couple of years ago. Uh, so you would expect to not be too far off two years later. We know what happened last year, of course, but it's good to see that under Fonseca, uh, that team is uh, is slowly starting to show a better side of themselves. They have a lot of talent in there. So you would think that they'll... Uh, they'll Look a bit better, um, but um, but yeah, I think I think we're going to have some some good little games between now uh, and the end of the season. The other game that I watched, and I guess it was maybe a bit less. Um looks, like, looks a bit less entertaining when you see the score, but it was actually a good game. Uh, Strasbourg against Clermont and 0-0 was the final score, the only goalless draw of the weekend. Uh, and Strasbourg, who, um, interestingly enough, didn't really dominate at home. Uh, 12 shots, only 4 on target, but Clermont with 57% of ball possession uh, and 10 shots and 4 on target as well. Uh, and, and really a, a game that was, I guess... Um, even in Strasbourg, happy to... I don't know if they dropped low, but definitely weren't going... Out organs blazing and, and happy to leave the ball to Clermont and to try and do high press uh, and speedy counter attack. Uh, I like what I saw from Clermont. I mean, Clermont last week, uh, Ali Dusaydo did a lot of damage. I think when they play against Marseille, uh, and again he was in in fine form. The centre back, he's a short centre back, Ali Dusaydo, but the activity, the aggressivity, um, and how much he, he gives is really helpful for for his club. Uh, the midfield, Gastien and Mania, I think is always. Just, just precise and uh, and take their time and plays good football and the front that Dosu, henriks uh, Cham could actually um could actually create some some issues in the end. They are lucky, I think, that the game stayed stayed at 0 against Strasbourg. Uh, Mauricio was in fine form, the the goalkeeper for Clermont, uh, and Strasbourg had although it's only four shots on target, they had like their fair share of opportunities stopped on the line uh, saved by Mori Um there was more opportunity definitely for Strasbourg than there was for uh, for Clermont uh, but you know Ludovic ajor not really inspired Ja not really inspired Amazon also uh, Habib Ja the young midfielder, actually had a, a pretty good game uh, and so did um, so did Jean Reckner Bellegarde. Um Strasbourg finished with 10 men after le Marchand took a second yellow card at 89th minute um, and, and Strasbourg I guess, um, and, you know it could be a bit of a of a worrying uh moment for them. They're still um they're still winless. After seven games, they drew five times and, and lost two. Uh they're having a hard time finding their, their form in front of goals. There's the they are the second worst attack in Ligue 1 this season when when last year I think uh, at one point they had found their Groove and Ludovic Ajork and Adrien Thomasson were leading a, a fine attack, helped by Gamero and, and Jallo, of course. Um so I don't know if it's the time Time to worry for Strasbourg, but it's definitely a lot of points dropped that they probably would have liked uh, not to drop to come come this moment of the season. Um, because a team like Clermont, for example, already you know three win and one draw in those games. They have a, a good start and and uh, under Gastien again, just like last season, uh, they're getting the points that matter early on and uh, a draw at Strasbourg. You know, I'm sure they w- they would sign for that. Any day, so it's a, a good result for the team who was promoted last year. We say it every week: the fight for survival is going to be um, intense, and to see a club like Clermont trying to uh, uh, succeeding, I should say, in getting the points in um, early is important. Uh, last thing I think that I didn't mention about um, Clermont: um, I don't mind, yeah, all those all those recruits. There like a few players that. We didn't have a Clermont last year. Uh, Bella, Vitesca, Coffrier uh, on the other side. Borges, uh, Cham, Hendrik. You know, it's a, it's a bit of a reinvention of what this um, team was, and it's working well for them. Like so much so that players like Rashani and Alevina, uh, who had, um, you know, some some good game, I think last year in Liga, are left on the bench and and just you know sort of playing some minutes. Um, it's it's good to see what what Clermont's doing. I hope that a uh, you know a team from a, a small market like this can find their place a little bit higher uh, on the table in uh, Ligue 1. And the the third game that I watched, and then we'll look at the other uh, results, was was Monaco and Lyon. Of course, the game of this weekend uh, that was the the game played on Sunday night or Monday morning here, uh, and a two one win for Monaco. Uh, the goal scorer Benoit Badiachil and Guillermo Maripan, both on assist by Caio Enrique. I mean, what a left foot uh, he has, Caio Enrique. Uh, and Toko Ekambi reduced the score um, on a cross from Ryan Cherky, who had come into play only six minutes before. And I think, as usual for Cherky, when he comes in, brought a bit of, of dynamite into the game. Uh, Lyon dominated the, the game with 61% possession, 20 shots. 6 on target, 11 shots from Monaco, 4 on target. Monaco, maybe maybe didn't dominate, but did what they had to do. And as soon as they saw that they could score on um, on set pieces, then they just scored the two and then could see um, Lyon trying to come back and, and defend and try to defend well. Um, it's interesting because Lyon sort of made a big deal about the fact that they were training hard defensively on set pieces to try and not concede. And then the two goals that they conceded um, come on that and two headers by both badia and Maripan. That's where you see that, you know, in a team like Lyon, if you don't have a strong centre-back who also has the, the height, the size. Uh, there's going to be game where you're going to struggle and when you have Thiago Mendes as one of your two centre-backs, of course, it's going to be harder to prevent goals from being scored from uh, headers. Uh, interesting what Boss did, um, you know, down 2-0. he uh, kind of risked it all. Uh, got René Delahide, Fèvre, Cherki and Dembele in between the 60th and the, and the 80th minute. Uh, and at the end, we are playing with uh, yeah, like two defenders, and uh, and then everybody up like Castelo, Lukéba, Gusto, and and Taliafico making the back three, and then everybody else was uh, an offensive player. So he was really willing to risk it all, and he got really close to get the equalizer that that, that shot from Dembele that was saved by um, Newbell's head, uh, or that opportunity that, like I said, couldn't pull in. Uh, they were they were trying hard to uh, to get to it. I guess that first. Half door from Lyon wasn't great at all. Maybe the last five minutes were okay, uh, and and we just expect more from uh, from Lyon. They had had that great start, and now it's two losses in one week uh, against Lorient and now against Monaco. It's not worrying times yet, but um, yeah, Peter Both. Every single time we watch Lyon, we're thinking oh, he probably could, should do better. And he's not doing better. So you're wondering how long uh, Textor, the new owner of Lyon, will, um, will stay happy and not decide that um, the coach should go and, and to find something that was better with uh, with what he wants. The one thing that I want to talk about, yeah, of course, Paris Saint-Germain against Brest. Uh, 1-0 win for Paris Saint-Germain. I'm sure they thought they were going to score more goals early before uh, so they could do a bit of turnover uh, because they didn't um, turn that much over. The the starting team was Donnarumma, um, Ramos, Kimpembe, Marquinhos was left on the bench, Daniela Pereira was in defense, and then it was Hakimi Vitinha, Verratti, uh, Bernat, so Nuno Mendes was rested, and up front it was Messi, Mbappé, Neymar. Um, Mbappé and Neymar, who were replaced uh, in the second half um, to let um, Pablo Sarabia and Hugo Enquichique come in, but just for the last 12 minutes. Uh, And then afterwards, um, Galce said that he thought he was going to sort of kill the game early and then being able to give his star a rest. But in the end, it's just 12 minutes that they didn't play. Uh, The one thing that I want to talk about during this game is the referee was wearing a microphone for Amazon Prime, who are who um, own the TV rights for Ligue 1, or at least part of it. Um, and interestingly enough, it's during that game uh, that we saw a player, um, Presnel Kimpembe, um, namely, not insulting, but being disrespectful to a to a referee. Uh, and uh, and yeah, I don't know if, you, if you've seen it. You should go and have a look. Of course, there was a penalty we sold against Kim Pembe that was beautifully saved by Donnarumma. And then comes the end of the game. Odo is already on a yellow card. Kim Pembe goes on to a very dangerous tackle, which... I don't even know why he doesn't have, I don't know if it's a straight red, but if it's not a straight red, it's a very dark yellow and it's at least a yellow card. And the referee decided not to give the yellow card, uh, which already is is pretty generous when you look at the VAR. But I guess uh, if he didn't make the call to start with, then looking at the VAR, it's either red or he doesn't change his call. So I understand that he didn't go back and put the yellow. But then there's a, a little um, a little scuffle starts and the referee comes into the middle and pushes Kimpembe and the breast striker to make sure that the breast defender, I think it was Chardonnay, to make sure that they calm down. And as he pushes Kimpembe, Kimpembe sort of slapped the referee's hand and said something like, well, now we know because we have the audio, uh, but said something like, you know, don't touch me, brother. Who do you think you are? Or, or something along those lines. Um, and the referee sort of told him, calm down, calm down, which, you know, it's great to use psychology against player, but I think most referees, if a player talks to them like this, it's at least a yellow card, uh, and it looked like he just didn't want to send him off, um, which, again, it's great. It's, uh, you know, um, critics are always going to say that it's only when it's Paris that the referees are um, using psychology and not giving yellow or red card. I don't really care that it's Paris. Um, it, I think it was an interesting... Um, moment and, and maybe something that's going to uh, to have more, I guess, consequences than what we think. Uh, of course, Kim Pembe's actions are going to be reviewed um, in uh, by, by a disciplinary commission and maybe to to no result. Uh, of course, that's only if the referee has put in on his report that he, he thought he was disrespected. Uh, but I think it was a bit of a on one hand, obviously a very bad example for the youth, seeing the captain of Paris Saint-Germain uh, being rude to a referee, we don't want this. But on the other hand, league and referees showing that um, they can sort of like try and judge a moment without following the rules by the book. Unfortunately, if you're going to try and do this, you're opening yourself to... Um, some issues and also some difference of appreciation from one referee to the other. So it'll be interesting to see if that's where they go. Uh, but I thought I thought Kim Pembe was getting a red card for sure, and he didn't. Uh, mind you, he's gonna he's gonna miss a few games with an injury to the hamstring right now. But, uh, but yeah, it was, a uh, it was quite the interesting moment in our, um, weekend of Ligue 1. Uh, anyway, the other results for the weekend, Lens, who keeps with their great start of the season, beat 3-1-0. Um, Ajaccio lost at home again. Nice with a win away 1-0 in Corsica. Angers finally a win against Montpellier 2-1. Uh, Lorient kept their great run of form by beating Nantes 3-2. Toulouse beat Stat de Reims 1-0 with Alexis Flip getting a red card for Reims during that game. Uh, Rennes smashed Auxerre 5-0. Remember last year? Rennes uh, was doing okay and then they decided to put six goals against Clermont and then we never stopped them again. Maybe it's that time of the of the year again for Stade Rene. They score five goals, and now we're going to start seeing them um, playing the the way we know they can play. Um, again, uh, the the goal scorer, of course, for uh, for that that game, which is I think also important, uh, was like basically all the all the strikers of, of Rennes. Suleimana scored, Guiri scored, Terry scored, Matis Ablin came in and scored as well. Um, so so it was good to see Rennes finally uh, finding their second gear and and going back to their um, offensive talent, I guess, attacking talent, I should say. Uh, and Monaco was the last game, and they won two-one against Lyon. What does that mean at the table? Uh, well, at the table right now, Paris Saint-Germain and Marseille are at top as well with the 19 points each. Uh, but Paris Saint-Germain has a goal difference that is 10 goals over Marseille. They both conceded four, but Paris scored 25 and Marseille only 15. They're followed by Lens with 17 points and Lorient, 16 points. And then it's Lyon with 13. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a good start for, for Lens and Lorient. We'll see how far they go after seven games. Uh, and now after seven games, we only have two teams who haven't won yet. Strasbourg and Ajaccio. Um Strasbourg is seventeenth on the table with five points. With five points we also find Brest and Angers. And Ajaccio is uh four points behind them, only one point for Ajaccio in seven games. Um not the best start for the Corsican team, worst attack of the league as well, with only three goal starts, three goal scores, excuse me. But uh yeah, hopefully they uh they find a way to um To get out of the um, starting blocks a little bit earlier than what we've seen in the past couple of seasons, whenever a team needed like 20 games to uh, to try, or sorry, 15 games, should say, to try and get their uh, first win. This week uh, we mentioned it. Of course, we have some European football going on: the Champions League, the Europa League, the Conference League, and then next weekend will be. A pretty awesome weekend of football in Ligue 1. I'll go through the games. Uh, Auxerre-Lorient will be the first game played. Montpellier-Strasbourg. Lille against Toulouse. Reims against Monaco. Marseille-Rennes, uh, a very crucial duel. I think uh, a game not to be missed. Brest against Ajaccio. Nice against Angers. clermont 3 not Lance, and we will finish by a succulent Lyon-Paris-Saint-Germain. Lyon is always great when they play against Paris-Saint-Germain. Uh, Paqueta used to love to play against Paris-Saint-Germain. They don't have Paqueta anymore, uh, but I'm sure they'll be um, on their best run of form to try and play against Paris-Saint-Germain next week. That's it for today. As I said, sorry, it's a bit of a, of a shorter one. I'll come back with more analysis um, next week. I just thought you should still know about Ligue 1 and about what happened in Ligue 1 this uh, weekend. Uh, the week was crazy with all the football on uh, and I was a bit busy at work and I've, I've put some of those updates uh, on Twitter as well. I was uh, I was lucky enough to get rewarded for uh, the work that I do outside of talking about French football. Um, so it was a pretty happy week uh, for me despite being busy. Uh, but this week, again, a lot of football a lot of football to watch. And I'll come back next week with more Ligue 1 and French football news. Thank you for listening. Subscribe. uh, Ask questions. Don't hesitate. uh, And I'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.